Welcome to the Pacific Forest Foundation's Talking Timber, where each week you meet the professionals behind the Northwest timber industry. Hi, and welcome. I'm Diane Mettler, Executive Director of the Pacific Logging Congress. And in this episode of Talking Timber, we will be speaking to Dwayne Doyle Jr., President of Peterson Cat. He's gonna to talk to us about growing up in a family business, what it's like to be president, and the opportunities for the next generation. In the meantime, I wanna thank our sponsors, the Pacific Logging Congress and the Pacific Forest Foundation, both dedicated to providing sound technical education about the forest industry. This year, the Pacific Logging Congress will hold its annual Congress in Palm Springs, California, November 7th through 10th. There will be a host of dynamic speakers and wonderful networking opportunities. They invite you to visit www.pacificloggingcongress.org. Also, we want to thank our other sponsors, Timber West Magazine and Logging and Sawmilling Journal. You can subscribe now for free just by going to their website, www.forestnet.com. Okay, now let's hear from Dwayne Doyle. Uh, my name is Dwayne Doyle, and um, I am uh, been part of the Pacific Logging Congress since 2014. Um, so very uh, pleased um, to be part of the PLC. Um, but my day job is uh, I am the president of Peterson Cat, which is uh, the Caterpillar tractor dealer for uh, Northern California. Uh, Oregon and Southern Washington. And so what does that job entail as president? Yeah. So Diane, I am, I'm the president of the company, but I'm also the fourth generation of our family business. Uh, my sister and I um, will be taking over from my dad here in the next couple of years. So very uh, blessed to be a part of that. It's a great business. Um, but as president, what I do is, uh, I uh, spend most of my time either uh, working with employees, um, visiting customers, or dealing with Caterpillar, which is our primary manufacturer that we represent. So it's really a people business, and uh, the fact that we sell tractors is uh, is is just part of that. But it's really a people business, um, which is what I love, and it's it's all based on relationships. Cool. So did you always know you wanted to? be part of the family company or that kind of came along later? Yeah, I think you, you, you just kind of grew into it. Um, I, my parents didn't force me to do it, but it was quite an opportunity. And growing up as a little boy, I always loved tractors. Like I, I think a lot of little boys do. And mm -hmm. as I got older and, and my dad asked me to go to work uh, my freshman year of high school when I was 15, uh, you know, it didn't take me long. At first, I, I wasn't sure I really wanted to work you know, that hard because a lot of my friends weren't when they were that young. But, uh, you know, it wasn't a bad thing to make a little money. And then it was also pretty cool to be around heavy equipment, um, get to operate it and work on it. And so uh, I think, yeah, from an early age, starting at the beginning of high school is, is when I got involved in the business and just continued on there from college and, uh, and then just kind of never looked back. Yeah. So did your sister kind of have the same path or? She did. Yeah. My sister is, um, we're a great, uh, a great pair, get along great. She's really the brains of the operation. She's our CFO and uh, she's a CPA. Um, I got B's in accounting, so they try to keep <laughs> away from that stuff. But um, I, 
yeah, we're, we're a great pair and she has a, a similar, um, background as I do just growing up in the business and hard to believe now, but, uh, both of us have uh, been, uh, been here 20 plus years. Wow. So that is, a. I mean, a couple of decades there. So some of the highlights in the last two decades. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I mean, I've done a lot of different jobs learning the business from the ground up. It's been a lot of fun. I um, spent a lot of my time um, in Oregon uh, mm-hmm. around the, the logging bit, the logging industry, which I, I love. And that's part of the reason why I joined the PLC. So that's certainly a highlight being out with customers and seeing job sites. I think that's really why I love the business and so blessed to be a part of uh, of our company is what our what our customers do, whether it's in construction or logging or or whatever uh, specific part of the industry it is. Um, it's it's just literally our customers, you know, build build the world around us. And through COVID, it was um, you know a tough time for everybody, but it was really cool for for us to reflect on um, how essential we are to the economy and our our customers and everything we do revolves around you know wood and aggregates and all the different things that that go into our economy um, are so interconnected and um, so those have really been some highlights and reflections for me over the last few years of just uh we like to say what we do matters and what our customers do matters. And um, so it's just really fulfilling um, to be a part of, uh, you know, what makes this country go. Cool. So um, for you, um, was COVID one of the bigger challenges too, as well as a highlight or? Yeah, well, I wouldn't say it was a highlight, but (laughs) but it certainly, it certainly learned a lot and, uh, forced us to, uh, not take anything for granted, uh, work a lot harder. Uh, you know, our, one of our biggest focuses was on keeping our employees safe, which, which, uh, you know, was a challenge, but I, I think we did a, as good a job as, as anybody. And, um, so, you know, in my career, I've got a few years ahead of me, I'm sure there'll be another, another big curveball like COVID thrown at us. And, um, but it was certainly a great learning experience and a character builder for sure. Yeah. Plus it feels like if there's another curveball, you guys know you can handle it. Yeah. I, th- I think, you know, our, our, as I mentioned, uh, I'm a fourth generation, but our, our company is 85 years old this year. And when you look at that history, starting with my great grandfather, uh, to my grandpa, to my dad, and now me and my sister, uh, we've had to weather many storms, um, uh, over, you know, those decades. And it's, uh, we feel very fortunate. Most family businesses don't make it past the second generation. So, yeah. uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a big deal for me and my sister not to screw it up so that we can <laughs> pass it on, pass it on to our kids. So someday. So how has it evolved? I mean, what did your grandpa do? I mean, great grandpa, how'd that evolve? And my great grandfather, uh, uh, was a special, special guy. Uh, he, uh, he was very poor farm kid, uh, grew up in, um, Northern California, uh, didn't even finish the eighth grade, but he got an opportunity from a guy named RG Letourneau, who was, uh, one of the great American industrialists in the early 1900s. And he went to work for him 
and um, just really worked under him, was mentored by him. And he, uh, he was paid in stock by RG Letourneau and RG Letourneau's company. Um, if you know much about the heavy equipment industry um, yeah. early on, uh, he was very successful. And so my, my great-grandfather was able to get some stock as part of working for his company. And he cashed that stock in in 1936 at 30 years old and bought, bought the Caterpillar dealership in, in San Francisco. Oh. So, um, yeah, from there, we've just been very blessed, a lot of hard work and uh, uh, just been surrounded by a lot of good people over the years. Oh, that's great. And as a how big is your company? I mean, kind of makes it a little different from the other Caterpillar folks. Yeah, we're, we're, a, um, I would say we're one of the larger Caterpillar dealers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, uh, we span three states, as I mentioned. Um, we've got about 50 locations and about 1,700 employees. Oh, okay. Wow. And um, you guys, if you had a crystal ball looking into the future, um, are you optimistic about the industry and that kind of thing? Yeah, I, I think I believe so. Uh, the economy, certainly things will change over the years with energy and what the next fuel source will be, whether it's batteries or electrification or hydrogen or whatever it's going to be. At the end of the day, the economy still needs roads and bridges and infrastructure. Uh, the timber industry, wood will always be you know, a, a big uh, building material for homes and, mm-hmm. and paper and everything. So none of that's going to change. It's just how the work is done. Okay. And uh, yeah, so I'm very optimistic about what the future holds. And our our primary supplier or manufacturer, Caterpillar, is very well positioned um, for the future and, and whatever that's going to look like. But but again, what whatever the future holds, this country and the world will always need uh, construction to make the economy go. And yeah. as long as the uh, population continues to grow, people, uh, people need, you know, they need all the things around us to, uh, to be able to live in, in a civilized society. For somebody who's maybe just considering the forest industry for a career, what kind of advice would you give them? For, for me, um, how I really became passionate about the forestry industry was was actually going to logging sites and being outside. I like being outside. I think when when young people really experience that, if they've never been around it, um, they may love to be outside. But there's just nothing like for me going up on a landing of a of a logging job, uh, particularly when you you have to drive up a very you know long, windy logging road, maybe you get to the top of a mountain early in the morning, it's cold, but the smell of the, the fresh cut wood and looking out over, you know, a landing uh, for miles in every direction, um, that is something very special that, uh, that I fell in love with. And I think if some younger folks got the opportunity to experience that, they may feel the same way. And a lot of them, you know, it's in their own backyard and they've never experienced that. So, I mean, that's a lot of what the PLC is about, giving them that opportunity and live in the woods. But um, yeah, there's a lot of opportunities. And like I talked about, our economy 
and our country will always need wood products. So there's a lot of good paying jobs and I think a lot of people just haven't had the opportunity to be exposed to it. Hi, we're gonna take a quick break to thank our sponsors, the Pacific Forest Foundation, the Pacific Logging Congress, as well as Timber West Magazine and Logging and Sawmilling Journal. Due to the coronavirus, PLC couldn't hold its 2020 Congress, so it's excited to have an in-person event this coming fall, November 7th through 10th. Details and registration information will be posted as it gets closer. To find out more, just visit www.pacificloggingcongress.com. Okay, back to Dwayne. He's going to tell us a little bit about the PLC Live in the Woods show. Yeah, one of the things I love about the PLC is it's so unique, and there's a lot of good and so great associations in the timber industry. The thing that I that makes the PLC unique is that we give opportunities to the public and specifically kids to experience um, what a, lo- a live logging site really is and, and not just watch it on TV, but go experience it. And uh, so for me, that, that was another reason I wanted to be involved. And it takes a lot to go into those shows, but uh, it's, it, it really has a huge impact on the young kids that get to see it, um, whether or not they want to be involved as a career, just understanding how important it is to their local communities. Yeah. And again, getting to see it and not hearing it from somebody else who may have a, a biased opinion about the industry. That's, that's why it's so important and why I, why I support the PLC. And if anybody goes to it, Caterpillar has an amazing site. People should take a look. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was incredible. Um, so I'm a little curious. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll ask you what. So sure. managing people in a whole bunch of mm-hmm. different states that seems super challenging. Is there? Um, is it? I mean, how do you do that? Actually, yeah. I mean, I mean, I I don't do it without a lot of great people uh, around me. But I think it's important as a leader, um, and learned this through COVID too, how important it is to stay connected. And, uh, and be there in person as much as possible to, to let your people know how much you care about them. And so, uh, yeah, it's a challenge with being so spread out. Um, oh, our, our territory spans 100,000 square miles. Wow. So it, it, is, it is difficult, but it, it's one of the things I enjoy the most about uh, my job. It's, it's not doing Zoom calls. It's, it's out... Uh, <laughs> It's out being with employees that are that are making it happen and, and visiting job sites with our with our customers, and so uh, I try to make as much time as I can for that. Um, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, I was wondering. Um, some people have had some lessons they learned from COVID that they're going to take forward with them, like you know, maybe checking out people who say they have a problem with their equipment, they can, you know, zoom it really quick and send out the right person or mm-hmm. something. Did, did you have any lessons learned from COVID that you're going to well, there's down the road? Yeah, there, there's certainly ways to leverage technology that I think we've all learned from. Um, even though I make fun of zoom, there's certainly a time and a place for that. Whereas before, maybe we just jumped on an airplane. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think there's, there's, there's uh, ways to leverage technology. We've done that a lot in training our mechanics, okay. um, not only through like FaceTime, but, but, but doing virtual training um, 
you know, on the computer, but that doesn't replace hands-on training. So we're able to do, we're able to do both um, in terms of training, uh, whereas before it was a lot more one-dimensional. So um, yeah, there's certainly some lessons learned there on, um, on reducing expense, but also just being more effective uh, with time because time's the, the most valuable thing we all have. Um, so I think that's, that's one of the biggest lessons from, from COVID. Yeah. So if somebody's listening to this and says, Oh man, I've always kind of thought Caterpillar was a cool company and I want to check out some jobs there. Is there a place you would send them? Yeah, no, that, that would be great, Diane. Uh, certainly our website. Um, but some of the, some of the ways that, uh, you know, we tend to bring people in either at the beginning of their careers or even mid-career, um, you know, our, our company is very much kind of, uh, you know, earn your way up. Uh, maybe it's a little old school that way, mm-hmm. but um, uh, we have career paths that we talk about with people interested in a career, whether we're going to a college to talk to them about opportunities or as a mechanic, uh, we have uh, scholarship uh, scholarships that we sponsor in a program called Think Big. Okay. Uh, one of the schools is, is Portland Community College, and the other one is Delta College in Stockton, California. And that's a Caterpillar-specific program okay. that that we recruit for. We uh, we do 20 scholarships a year. Okay. And um, so that's a great way to get into the business. And um, a lot of the uh, managers in our company, like I said, we like to promote from within. And there's no substitute for experience. And that's really respected, I, I believe, in our industry because you just can't fake fake it. And, uh, so a lot of our managers started as mechanics. I, I was a mechanic for uh, seven years before I started to move up into management. And um, so, uh, yeah, starting, starting not always at the bottom for everybody. Certainly, you know, college education is good, but, mm-hmm. but we also place a lot of it lot of uh, emphasis on hard work, loyalty, and, uh, you know, and just having a great attitude. So, yeah. Yeah. So I would say, uh, certainly be happy if somebody wanted to reach out to me, you can, you can share my contact information. Um, but our website, and there's a a video on our website about what we're all about. And, uh, yeah, there's just lots of opportunities. I think now more than ever, every company is looking for great people. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what, really what we're looking for is somebody that, that likes, likes the industry, is willing to work hard, and, uh, and has a good attitude. And, and if you've got all of those things, then, then you'll, you'll be successful at Peterson. Yeah, great. I, I like at the bottom of your, when you sign off, and, you know, your emails and stuff, it says, Customer first, integrity, excellent, teamwork, and fun. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. that's great. Yeah, no, thank you. Those are our core values. And um, some of those are common with a lot of companies like integrity. Um, mm-hmm. You know, being customer first, you know, my my great-grandfather has said, if it's good for the customer, it's good for Peterson. And so we, we really try to live by that and, and do, hand, do business on a handshake as much as possible. Nice. Uh, I think one of the things, though, that makes us unique is the last one, and that's fun. Mm-hmm. And you don't see that very often. Um, but our philosophy is, uh, you know, we like to joke around, of course, keep it lighthearted. We spend so much time to, at work in a lot of cases more than with our families. 
uh, that we want to have a, we want to have a, a fun environment. Um, yeah. So it doesn't always feel like work, but really what we, what we mean is we want people to enjoy what they do. Um, mm. Life's too short to, to not enjoy what you do. And so, you know, if, if, if you don't enjoy what you do working here, we'd, we'd like you to go somewhere else. And so, uh, and, you know, not that every day is, is, uh, perfect. They're not, yeah. They're not all gold. Peterson, <laughs> but by no means, but, um, but that's really what we mean by fun is, is enjoying what you do. And if you have a lot of people that enjoy what you do, that that's a, that's a really great place to work. Yeah, so. I totally agree. I always smile when I see that. So it's always, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And, um, the mechanic side of it, I assume it helps if like for you, um, even if you go on to manage the understanding of the machines is valuable. So you understand your customers' issues and that kind of thing. Is that is it? Yeah, it's, it's not it's it's not as common as it used to be, uh just because how much things have changed. Mm-hmm. But it's certainly a it's certainly a bonus and it brings some credibility. Um but what we want people to know is that um, there's lots of opportunities in the industry and, and, and within the Caterpillar dealer organization that uh, you could move up in the company. And um, so, uh, yeah. yeah, the, 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 the technician thing is a good place to start, but there's lots of other places to start in the company as well. Uh, okay. Our business, our business really isn't complicated. We, we sell tractors, we rent tractors, we, uh, service tractors and we sell parts and that, and that's really all there is. So the, those four areas of the company, the, that's, that's kind of where you start. Okay. And I was going to say, what is your favorite part of the company? Just not counting your sister, I assume, you know, family <laughs> members, but um, the thing you're, you know, most proud of or really enjoy about Peterson versus. Um, what, what I love about our business and it's part of our DNA is we have a long history, starting with my great grandfather of customizing equipment to, uh, you know, to meet whatever needs our customers have, you know, to help them be more profitable or efficient on a job. And so, um, my great grandfather and my great uncle actually were very instrumental in, Caterpillar in the early days, even as a dealer, uh, Peterson holds over 30 patents that uh, are still today. Some of those are um, can be seen on cat machines and, and even non-cat machines. And um, and so we've kept that in our DNA. And so, um, you know, when customers bring us machines and they say, oh, I wish I would do this or I wish you would do that. Um, we love that. And um you know, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a, a gearhead at heart. So that those types of things um, really excite me. And, and we have a whole division at Peterson with some engineers that uh, that's what they do full time is, uh, is special projects on, on equipment. Um, one yeah, of my, so what, yeah, one, I was going to say one is one, what is an example? Yeah. One of my favorites is we did a very large project for um, in Antarctica for um they weren't forestry machines because there's no trees down there, but we, we customized some, um, some machines for the U S science foundation and they do, um, scientific research in Antarctica. And those tractors have to live at 50 below zero. And so we, uh, we customized about a dozen special tractors for their needs to live in that, 
very harsh environment. And uh, for me, that was just a really cool project. We did that about six years ago. And um, it was just uh, really fulfilling to say that we could build equipment to live in the, in the, you know, the harsh, harshest environment literally on the planet. So that was pretty cool. And um, again, that's kind of part of our DNA and not everything we do is that cool. Uh, literally. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say servicing them has got to be a little difficult too. So. Yeah. And we, and we do send mechanics down there to us. So that's, that's kind of a cool opportunity. Yeah. It doesn't, it only happens for a few of our mechanics, but uh, some of them said, Hey, I never dreamed that as a technician, I would get to go on an adventure of a lifetime to Antarctica. And, and that's, one of the cool things about our business, you never know what you're going to be doing, whether you're on a logging road or yeah. today or you're in Antarctica the next. So that's uh, cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. Have you been down there? Not yet. It's, it's, uh, it's definitely on my bucket list. Um, do have some relationships down there, but, uh, haven't made it yet. So okay. maybe they'll let me, be, maybe they'll let me, uh, go as a mechanic one of these days. Hi, we want to thank our sponsors, Pacific Forest Foundation and the Pacific Logging Congress, as well as Timberwest Magazine and Logging and Sawmilling Journal for making this podcast possible. And most importantly, we want to thank Dwayne Doyle for taking time to be part of Talking Timber. And if anyone, after listening to this podcast, is interested in checking out positions available at Peterson Cat, the link will be posted on the PLC Facebook page. Just look for Pacific Logging Congress. Okay, until next time, take care.